0: Hello and welcome to the Rice Historical Review podcast. My name is Eddie Plout, the podcast founder, director, and member of the 2018-2019 editorial board. The Rice Historical Review is a research journal designed to showcase outstanding scholarly work produced by Rice undergraduates. Here on the podcast, we give our wonderful history community the opportunity to share their stories. We hope that you enjoy all that the brilliant and diverse Rice History Department has to offer. It's one of the very few opportunities that uh, history majors who are undergraduates here at Rice have to do
1: research and have to do history uh, outside of classes. And I I really like the way you put it the other day uh, that we are the undergraduate arm of the history department. We have the potential to be that.
2: African-American history is American history, right? And in the way that I just said it, what people mean by it is that it's just part of our American story, right? It needs to be included if you're doing American history. I think what Glover helps us to do is to sort of change the intonation of that just a little. African-American history is American history. And so what you think about American history, the the storyline that you have um, in your mind about the greater arc of American history, that arc needs to be tested against African-American history. The Mughals, in particular during the period of Akbar and Jahangir, um, moved beyond tolerance into what I would describe as an embrace of other religions. This is really a fascinating uh, attribute of 16th and 17th century kingship. It's certainly not happening in other parts of the world.
0: But if you go to the primary documents, what you see is incontrovertible evidence that there was a strong link between the opium trade and Chinese migration to the point where you will not see one without the other.
1: My argument focuses on the ways in which this... Report is a subjective document and kind of proves, obviously, we talk a lot about how history is never fully objective, particularly when you get to a higher level of analyzing the primary source language. There's just kind of always a motivation behind it. And it's not really kind of just to prove that there is a motivation or what the motivation might be, but rather to understand how the subjectivity lies in its references to the medieval history itself.
0: So sort of to start off, one point that you made at the beginning of your lecture, which I thought was like a very profound idea, is, is how Lucky you feel you felt to live in this artistic moment. What did you really mean by that? You felt fortunate to exist in such a pivotal time in American cultural history.
2: Just being even more conscious than I that, than I am normally that I am in a moment of historic import and I should pay more attention.
1: You know, even as a Hispanic woman, I you know I grew up in America, and I think we have this notion that Latin American can sometimes be backwards for lack of, and in Mexico itself, much of the history of Mexico is fighting against that notion. And my studies here at Rice have been also in fighting that notion of being like, you know, not this backward place and the champion of indigenous rights and the preservation of, of history that fights against this European colonialism model. And what was really interesting was that Mexico really was a place that That was a pinnacle of women's rights in a certain sense. There's manuscripts at the Bodleian at Oxford that are all of the Duke of Ormond's personal correspondence. And so I have hundreds of letters from the Duke of Ormond between the Duke of Ormond and Musgrave for the most part, as well as some other members of the Confederation. And uh, I've been working through figuring out what they say and just like, you know, it's been a process. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't. You know, sixteenth, seventeenth century Irish handwriting hard it's to a little read. Little difficult. <laughs> uh, there was no spelling conventions, so sometimes you're looking at a word and you're like, "What is that word?" <laughs> but is
0: it is it all English or is it like English is Ga- are Gaelic words thrown in that you don't know? <laughs>
1: so I've actually been lucky. Uh, one one of the major questions when I proposed this project was whether it would be in English, but it is. Um, so they're all in English. The bigger problem is that handwriting in the se- 17th century was so dramatically different.
0: Roe doesn't see it that way. And that's kind of where my my paper ties into the historiography and kind of differs from it, is I'm very explicit about this argument that Roe, and the, the, the expression I use, that Roe is an Orientalist without teeth, that he talks a big talk, writes a big game, but he doesn't have any of the power necessary power imbalance to enforce this big game.
2: Even under the best of circumstances, historically, that the police have functioned in, in Afro-America, that, that the police, um, black communities were either um, terribly under-policed or terribly over but hardly ever properly policed.
0: The form of research that we're doing is very independent, it takes a lot of effort by under, our undergraduates, and is some of the best original research that is being done here on campus.